Hello everyone and welcome back to This is Berthed. I am Amy, your local librarian, and this is the show where I get to talk about all the things you're talking about so that together we all have something new to think about. I have special guests with me again today and I'm going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. Hi, I'm Chris Kirk. I'm the town administrator for the town of Berthed. And I'm Steve Charles, the fire chief for Berthed Fire Protection District. Hey, and I'm Amy Pilla, and I am the CEO of the Berthed Community Library District. So you work for Berthed, and you work for Berthed, and I work for Berthed, so we're co-workers, right? Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> what does that mean? Anybody got any idea how it can be the case that we all work for the town of Berthed in some way, shape, or the community, I should say, of Berthed, but we don't actually run on the same payroll? I'll take a stab at that. Go for it. Each of our entities is taxpayer supported, and we each have a board of directors. The, the, I think the difference is that we're all separate legal entities organized under, for separate purposes. So we have different legal boundaries, correct? Correct. And we have different funding sources, all of us. Um, I hope you're all listening. We have different legal boundaries and different funding sources. So is it possible to live in the town of Berthet and the Fire Protection District and the Library District all at the same time? Yes. Is it possible to live in two out of three? Yes. Is it possible to live in only one out of three? Yes. Yes. Even if you have a birth at address? That's correct. It's kind of fun. So the library district does not extend into Weld County. So if you are one of the people who is in Berthed but not in Larimer County, you do not live in the library district. You can possibly live in Weld County and not live in the town of Berthed boundaries, even if your address says Berthed, but you're still in the fire protection district. Correct. Correct. So it's kind of fun. If you want to know exactly which of these you live in, go check your tax bill, folks. Mm -hmm. They will be listed, Town of Berthed, Berthed Community Library District, and Berthed Fire Protection District. If it's not listed on your tax bill, you're outside district boundaries. So that's how that works from a legal standpoint. Now, let me ask each of you gentlemen, who's your boss? Actually, the taxpayers are my boss. The taxpayers are your boss. Yeah. Okay. My immediate boss include five elected board members both who live in the town of Berthoud, but also some of them live in Larimer County. And we do have representation, and we do not have representation at this time for the portion of our district that's in Boulder or Weld County. Interesting. So Larimer and the town of Berthoud. Got it. How about you? So at the town, I, I'm hired by the seven board uh, members on the board of trustees for the town. And they obviously all work for the voters. And so much like Chief Charles, I work for the citizens and, and voters and taxpayers that live in the town limits for the town of Berthoud. But my direct supervisors are the seven trustees. Okay. And the library district also has um, seven board members. Ours are actually appointed, not elected. And they are appointed by the other library board members, which is sort of an interesting thing. So... You have to live within the library district in order to be on the library board. You do not have to live within town limits necessarily, but you have to convince the other current board members that you deserve to be on the library board in order to get on. And then that also goes through the town. Mm -hmm. The town board has to approve any of our appointees, as do the county commissioners. So there is a little bit of checks and balances there. Some days I'm the boss. Some days the board president is the boss. Every day the taxpayers are the boss. It's a good way to describe it. That is how we work. Let's see. Let's talk a little bit about funding because I, I know that we're all funded a little bit differently. Our funding here at the library is probably the least complicated for everybody to understand. If you look at your tax bill and we're, we're on your tax bill, 95% of our funding comes from that. So 
for the most part, it is just straight up property tax. Um, we get a few grants, we get some, some fees and some other um, things that way. But for the most part, we're easy. <laughs> we are property tax funded. How about the town? Let's go there. So the town is a little bit more complicated than that. <laughs> Maybe a lot more complicated, depending on how you look at it. You know, our general services are funded almost exclusively by property taxes and sales taxes. Sales taxes make up the largest portion of our general fund revenue. We do have some fees for services uh, for some of the things that we provide through the general fund, like recreation is a good example. So when you pay recreation fees to participate in sports programs or other activities, that's part of our revenue sources, although it's a small portion. But then we have all these other different business units like water and wastewater that are supported by user fees. And, and those funds are separate and apart from the general fund. And so we have many, many different funds, depending on what those funds are used for and how they're collected. How about the fire district? Well, the fire district is primarily supported by property tax. Keep in mind that we serve portions of the town of Berth We serve the entire town of Berthoud, portions of Weld, Larimer, and Boulder County. The three counties actually collect our taxes for us for a fee and then we go ahead and receive those revenues from them. The, we also are eligible for what they call specific ownership tax, and it has to do with the sale and resale of, of motor vehicles. We get a very, very small percent from, again, the three different counties. We have a capital fund, which is a separate mill levy to uh, the general fund, and we also have the uh, impact fees for, let's say that the impact fees designed that growth would pay its way. So for every home that's being built within our jurisdiction, there's an impact fee. If there's uh, an apartment complex being built, then every unit also pays an impact fee. Okay. So just so that everybody knows, I didn't warn you about this question. So if you can't, can't get it for me, that's totally fine. But approximately how much do you spend in any given year to run your organization? Uh, the well, I'll tell you for 2022, we'll spend less than five million dollars for our operation. And why and is that? Why is that? Mm -hmm. Is because our revenue has has decreased 1.5 million dollars since 2020. In 2020, our revenue was six million four hundred thousand. 2021 was five million three hundred thousand. Uh, 2022, it's $4,980,000. However, we don't necessarily spend all that. That's what revenue is coming in. We have, over the years, built a savings account, part of it which is required by state law under the Tabor Amendment, but also in the event that something catastrophic happens, we have funds to operate. Very good. How, how is it the case? just out of curiosity, that we can be doing all of this building and growth, and yet your revenue is dropping. Our revenue is dropping because the state has elected to put in regulations on gas and oil. Mm -hmm. So from 2020 to 2021, we lost $100 million in assessed value mm -hmm. in gas and oil. Got it. How about the town? So our general fund that covers public safety, parks, recreation, all of our general administrative staff, building and planning. That fund, we spend uh, in 2022, our budget's $10.5 million. But again, you know, we have a, a number of other funds. We have capital improvement funds that are similar to what Chief Charles talked about. They're funded with impact fees. 
we collect money on each new building permit and we use those to build improvements in town to, to offset the impacts of growth. We have our water and wastewater funds in total. You know, we're over $30 million in expenditures. And the library district, last year we spent approximately 650000 for the entire year. This year, 2022, we're looking at about 750000 So because we don't deal with oil and gas, we have mm-hmm. actually not seen any drops in our um, projected revenue. We are still increasing as more houses come in. Let's talk a little bit what things your organization is responsible for that the community might not actually know about. That's an interesting one. Uh, one of the things that the town does that I think a lot of people don't realize that we provide is the, is the birthed area transportation system, or BATS. Mm-hmm. It's a service where you can dial and schedule a ride, and one of our drivers comes and will pick you up for a small fee. It's, it's waived for seniors. I think that's a service that a lot of people don't realize that we have. Mm-hmm. How about you? I would expect that the taxpayers believe that we do what they see on television, but there's much more than what we do. Obviously, we do public education, but I think it's more so where we do risk management. Mm-hmm. And we, we look at, our, for example, flooding that impacted the town of Bertha in 2013, but it certainly impacted the fire district. So it's not that we could prevent the flood, but we could actually help mitigate property loss during that. Uh, we do a lot of work in the wildland urban interface. A lot of people look at the mounds. They're beautiful, but they do burn, as we know. And we do a lot of mitigation to help the homeowners in the rural area to minimize the potential for fire, but also for reduced loss. So we look at, we look at flood mitigation. We look at wildfire mitigation. We have a emergency operation plan. We have a response plan for just about everything that we think possibly can happen in our jurisdiction. So I think that goes maybe beyond the initial thought of what do those guys do down there? Guys and gals, I should say, (laughs) do down there. You show up to the fire, right? (laughs) Are there things that community members think that your organization does that you don't? My favorite of the town is uh, I I think there are some people who, I don't know if they believe it or maybe they uh, assume. I, I Anyway, we get a lot of complaints about why is the town building that? Mm-hmm. Um, why is the town building so many new houses? Why is the town building a new McDonald's? We don't build um, private business. We don't build private homes. We certainly oversee the, the planning and development work associated with that, building safety issues and things. But private property owners make those investments and build those projects, not the town. And the town arguably <coughs> doesn't even have as much control over, I don't know, what businesses are going in, Yeah, number I, of know, houses. I think that, are there people that assume that you, that you get to look at each and every development and say, I want these people and not that people? We do hear that kind of thing from time to time. You know, comments like, well, why did we let that business build here? And, or why don't we have this, bit? Why, why hasn't the town gotten us a Trader Joe's, right? And it doesn't really work like that. Trader Joe's is a good example. They have very specific metrics that you're, that that property would have to meet in terms of how many people live in the area within a certain radius, how many cars a day drive by, what's the median income. You know, they have these very specific metrics they look at to decide whether or not they feel like that business can be successful in that location. If they don't believe it's going to work, they won't build here. No amount of us begging or offering or whatever uh, would change that. On the flip side, 
when a business does come in and say, I feel like this is going to be a, a successful venture for us, whether it's a small business, a local mom and pop, or whether it's a regional chain or whether it's some big national conglomerate. Once they've decided we think this works for us, if the property is zoned for that particular use, and it's not specific to like our zoning doesn't exclude, you know, Burger King versus <laughs> McDonald's, right? But if it allows for a fast food restaurant, it doesn't matter what fast food, you know, what sign is on the outside of that building. If it's zoned appropriately, they can deal with traffic and utilities. Uh, they meet our architectural guidelines, building safety issues, landscaping, you name it, right? There's a lot of things we have influence and control over. We don't control what sign gets put up on the building at the end. How about the fire district? I think that one of the things that we, we get phone calls occasionally about fire hydrants. Because it's a fire hydrant, they believe it belongs to us, actually belongs to the water purveyor. And we're in an area that has two water purveyors. Mm-hmm. One is Little Thompson Water District. The other is the town of Berthoud. We do some co- collaborative work with both the Little Thompson and the town of Berthoud. But when it comes down to it, it's not our responsibility to repair the hydrant or to maintain it or to make sure there's no weeds around it or that type of thing. That belongs to the water purveyor. So that would be probably the most common and simple simple. I think perceptions that are out there that we're not responsible for. Sure, I could see that. I would. I guess I would have assumed that you were responsible for fire hydrants also. So, but it makes sense if there's a water department and they're running all the water lines and all that. I guess they're the ones, right? Who? And I think there, it makes sense that people would be both because it's a it's the fire hydrant feels like a firefighting apparatus, right? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> that's what it's there for. But in a lot of communities where the fire department is part of the town organization. It's all one and the same. It doesn't really matter. There's still separate departments that are responsible for those things. Right. It's different here because the fire district is a separate legal mm-hmm. entity. But like Chief Charles said, you know, they go out and they test hydrants. They let mm-hmm. us know which hydrants are in need of repair. But it's our responsibility to make mm-hmm. sure that they're functional. In, in 2000, <clears throat> we actually purchased fire hydrants for the rural area mm-hmm. to help us meet a water supply need. So... We purchased the hydrants, and Little Thompson Water District put those hydrants in for us. Gotcha. Uh, so we spent, uh, I, I can't remember exactly how much money was spent on that, but what it did, it helped improve the fire protection score for that rural area. Mm-hmm. So th- that's the type of collaborative tr- of uh, work that we've done with Little Thompson, but also with the town of Berthoud as well. Why might residents care about our score? Let me share that. The Insurance Services Office is a company, an organization that collects data for the insurance industries. They grade fire departments based on a specific standard. The better your score, i.e. a class one is better than a class 10. A class 10 is areas, for example, around Carter Lake is a class 10. They don't have a fire station up there. There's no hydrants up there. Where the rest of the fire district, within five driver miles of any of our stations, you're a class two. So that's a commercial rated class. The difference between a class two and maybe a class five or six would be a 300% reduction in insurance premiums. So, so that's something to take advantage of if you are not, are not already doing so, yes. correct? Yes. Okay, very good. If a community member were to say, how can I best support your organization, what would you tell them? I think at the town, my, my suggestion is always to be involved in a meaningful way. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll say, and this might not be a popular opinion, but Facebook is not a meaningful way to be involved in the community. Twitter, Instagram, social media is not a meaningful way, typically, to be involved in the community. It's not, it's not to say that's not a great place to organize grassroots, grassroots efforts, but, but I can safely say that 95% or more of the decisions get made have nothing to do with discussion on Facebook. Sure. Um, and so, you know, if, if you're interested and you, and you have a, a passion for the community, you want to be involved, you have to participate in meetings. We try to make that as easy as we can. You know, we do our meetings in a hybrid fashion, so you can come in person or you can join electronically. We allow comment electronically for people to speak via Zoom, uh, which some agencies don't do, uh, but we still do that. So I think it's pretty easy to participate if you want to, and, and I think it's the best way to support support the town. I think, I think for the fire department, the, the involvement, obviously, if you're, yeah, if you're interested in becoming a firefighter or interested in becoming a volunteer firefighter, we certainly have programs available for that. However, I think that just having that knowledge of who the town is and who the library is and who the fire department is, it's as uh, Chris said, it's not always all about Facebook or Twitter or any of the other types of medias. It's a matter of getting, getting involved. Uh, you could, of course, you could be elected to the board uh, there's other ways. Uh, right now, our retired volunteers are raising funds to add on to the, our building to put the, our antique host truck or host cart that was built in 1888 when the fire department was first founded, but also their 1927 motorized fire truck to go inside that building. It's about a $250,000 venture that they're on, and that's a separate 51C3 from the fire district, it's tax dollars aren't going to that. It's all based on donations and involvement in fundraisers. So, you know, my my mom always told me that if I'm if I want to be to live in a community, I need to be involved in a community, in one way or another, mm-hmm. yeah, a positive in, in investment into that community. If you want to support the library, honestly, one of the best things you could do is make use of our services. So we appreciate that. There is also a group called the Friends of the Library, and they do some fundraising for us to support some of the things that are not necessarily covered by our regular budget. So if you don't make it in very often, but you're willing to make a donation, that would also be a helpful thing for all of us. Um, thank you, gentlemen, for your time today. You're this welcome. is good. We could have had any number of um, other people in the room with us. There is the school district. We've got water districts. There's There's a lot more to local government here than there might be in some major big cities where everything is all under one roof. Um, So do pay attention. Go ahead and check your tax bill, see who all your funds are going to. It's nice when the funds are local because you can usually talk to somebody who is responsible for how that money is being spent. Something you don't see in other communities would be a uh, health services district. Mm. Our our area, Loveland and Bertha, have our members are part of the Health Services District, which is a taxing based on property tax, but goes towards uh, providing a multitude of services for single moms, for young children, but also helps subsidize the uh, EMS in our community as well. Very good. So there's a lot going on, folks. If you have any questions, you can always, always get in touch with us here at the library. You can email me, amy, at podcast.bcld at gmail.com, or you can call us at 970-532-2757. Thanks for listening today. Let us know what else you want to hear. And as always, I'm proud to say this is Berthoud.